All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? Today, I am joined by Hector Roos. Hector Roos is um, running for governor in the great state of Florida against Ron DeSantis. Uh, that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Uh, oh, and we're here... <laughs> We're here to see uh, to talk about that because there's a lot of people within the libertarian circles, whether you're part of the the LP itself or not, who uh, don't really think that this is a great move. Um, and I might include myself in that camp. And so uh, Hector was nice enough to say, "Well, let's talk about this." And I said, "All right, let's talk about this." But I do want to start off just kind of um, to get it out there that um, probably on on 98% of the issues, we would probably be in agreement about most everything. And I'll even go ahead and concede right out of the, the gate that, um, you know, probably in a perfect world, I would prefer Hector Roos to be governor, uh, or I think you might do a better job uh, in uh, securing liberty as governor than um, Ron DeSantis. But um, you know, we live in the real world and that's not the world that we live in right now. And so given these circumstances at hand, um, why are we trying to make perfect be the enemy of good? Why did you feel the need to jump in this race? Well, I fundamentally believe that it, we're born free, right? I, I think that we are, we're blessed as, as, a, as simply because of a virtue of our humanity, uh, that we have all the rights that we that people talk about that are enumerated in different documents like the Declaration of Independence, U.S. Constitution, and so forth. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, the politicians are the ones that are supposed to that we we basically hire, right? We we vote every once in a while on on who we're going to pay to safeguard those rights and liberties that that we enjoy. But we are now living in a day and age when we're not we're not dealing with we're dealing with you know the rights that they give us instead. So this is it's turned it's turned uh, this notion of of fundamental rights on its head, and now we are asking permission constantly for all sorts of things. Uh, and I simply believe that uh, you know Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida is part of this long tradition of of politicians who have simply grown their heads have grown too too uh, too large for their for their roles, and they have simply uh, essentially assumed the position of of a co-parent, uh, the of a Lord and Savior, of whatever moniker you want to give them, but basically nanny state or or just big government, uh, and you know we don't have to compromise our freedoms for a for a minor satisfaction that a politician uh, agrees with us. We don't have to do that anymore, and we we certainly, especially after COVID and the history of lockdowns, not only in Florida but around the country and around the world, many which are still happening even in this country are still being you know threatened upon us uh we should stop listening to politicians altogether uh they have absolutely no credibility with me and with many others and for the most part whether you are on the right of a political spectrum or the left on the political spectrum we all agree that you know for the most part politicians are on a class all themselves and they believe themselves superior uh, in every way to us to us normal people who are talking about these issues who have to live with the decisions they live to that they do not have to actually abide by themselves. I mean, that's the, the great joke of the co of the COVID lockdowns is none of those politicians actually have to obey any of their mandates themselves. Uh, so that's that's the funny thing. And, and realistically, when we come down to Florida, you know, uh, we have a, a a political class that is solely disconnected from the people. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, we have we have issues like property uh, insurance, property taxes. 
uh, that are that were have been woefully ignored. We're in a recession. You know, they're still pretending we're not in a recession. Uh, the reality is that you know, as as inflation hits us, uh, it, it starts raising all the price. Uh, the pricing on housing, it will concurrently raise all the pricing on property insurance, on property taxes. It will be a triple, quadruple whammy on people, and people will lose their homes. This is we saw this, you know, over over a decade ago with the previous, you know, great recession. And the the reality is that that the politicians have 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 abandoned the the people of Florida, and the results will be uh, a panic. Will be a lot of basically pain. Far, far more suffering in Florida that that uh, that occur because of their inactions or perhaps their ina- their actual actions uh, than what could ever have occurred during COVID. And, and that's and I do not make that as an understatement. And someone has to stand up. Someone has to say something. You know, at the end of the day, I I truly believe Ron DeSantis is not the person to to safeguard our liberties, to safeguard our, our you know our basic in, uh, entitlements as 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 human as human beings. Uh, this is a person who kept Florida under a state of emergency for 475 days until California started to reopen, uh, you know, approving billions in, in no-bid contracts to cronies and scammers and, and, and the like. Uh, this is not someone who disagrees with you calling you not essential. He just disagrees with, you know, whoever's in, in the White House at the time, right? So if, if uh, obviously- I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that from Governor DeSantis. I mean, um, you know, other, other, other governors, sure, but, um, you know, he's, well- fought for workers and you know he's made statements and come out in press conferences and everything saying that no jobs are essential you know i I, obviously he gets hit and 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 rightfully so because he did lockdown initially um you know so he's one of the other 49 governors who did so the only one who got it right right from the get-go was christy gnome there were were uh, seven or eight other states that didn't lock down at all and and of the that's of the fewest even georgia locked up for two weeks and nothing else. And we mm-hmm. have, well, there are way more criticism of the Georgia governor than the Florida governor, you know, and why is that really? Because we have, we have the media who's created this caricature of Ron DeSantis to say he's the next, he's the next of, he is the second coming of Trump. He is the next guy who's going to be in the white house representing the, the right wing coalition out, out there. Uh, and the reality is that they're, they're only attacking him the same way they, or they're elevating his profile the same way they did with Trump. To actually create that uh, that that pro- fulfilled pro- self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Well, he is, you know, Governor DeSantis. I mean, he has been the only one that's been out there vocally opposing all this. I mean, everybody else they're kind of doing it quietly, and they're doing it quietly because they they it, it, it because they're not bold enough to really come out there and basically take it to the Fauci's of the world and, and tell them you're you're full of shit and we're not doing that here. Um, you know, they're kind of quietly going about their business, which is fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, what we're looking for and what the right has, you know, desperately needed for decades is somebody who is bold, somebody who is in your face, somebody who is unapologetically on our side and not, you know, like where you don't have to guess, where you don't have to guess, you know, oh, is he really supporting me? Even Trump. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm, neutral on Trump. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of guessing to be done about, oh, which side is he really on? Because, you know, some some things he does are, yeah, that's pretty cool. And other things you do he does are kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, you know, and even Ron DeSantis, yeah, like, <clears throat> there are issues that give me pause, um, uh, particularly with, you know, his things like his 
fealty to Israel and everything. But I say, well, right now, at least he's uh, the governor of Florida. Now, that issue might come up more if he does run for president. And then, yeah, like I'm not really confident that his foreign policy is going to be one that uh, we would agree on and um, that uh, a foreign policy of peace. I'm not sure. I'm always uh, skeptical of the politicians who put Israel first. But right now, that's a moot point as governor of Florida. I mean, um, you know, I don't really care. But the point being is that, you know, we don't necessarily have to guess where he stands and that he is boldly standing up, you know, and just this morning making statements against Davos and saying, why is Davos dictating all this stuff for the rest of us? Not here in Florida. I mean, how many politicians are out there actively calling out the World Economic Forum and saying, screw you guys, we're going to do what we want? Well, I will tell you, he's got a great PR team. Uh, but again, it just brings back the point that, you know, he, he sounds more, he sounds better on the media, uh, you know, 30 second quips or shorter uh, sound bites. He is a soundbite governor. I mean, this is the, that's the reality. Substance wise, policy wise, this is a pro tax, a pro gun, a pro gun control, a pro, you know, uh, you know, obviously, as I said, pro inflation, pro the, the pro state. He's, this is not obviously. I'm I'm a liber, I'm running as a libertarian. I I see that uh, even at uh, that that people like Ron DeSantis represent the worst of the right wing or conservative movement because they basically say one thing and then they do something completely opposite. You know, this, no, this is I, a guy who says, I, I, oh, I support no, the working I, I, class. He's one of the only, he's the only one of the only ones that actually has put his money where his mouth, where his mouth is, you no, know, he, he, and, he's and put actually. our money where his mouth is. Yeah, that's well, the, that, that's true. That's true. That is true. But, um, you know, he actually has come good on, on a lot of his campaign promises and when, you know, uh, like fighting back for well, like the the water, he fixed the the water. That was one of the big things that when when he when he uh, governed, when he came in as governor, he got right away working on the water issues that we have, getting rid of the the algae, the red, you know, trying to work on the red tide, captains for clean water. Uh, he's worked with them um, a lot to to fix up our water issues. And in the few years that he's been governor, we haven't had the significant. Um, uh, issues we've had with the water that we did in the in the years leading up to when he came so that was a big one right away got to this work is my doing passion. That. that's that's my personal passion uh, actual project is is wa- uh, water quality in florida you know florida uh-huh. there's two things everybody has to, who listening to this has to understand one thing the all water uh, all water whether it's in the on the on the ocean side or waterways or lakes in florida is is uh, protected or governed or or owned even by the Florida state government. That's that's in our that's in the Florida Constitution. So they're they're the only ones with the ability the or the legal right to say anything about water uh, water quality. And so it's solely been this this trajectory of a hundred years of basic of essentially uh, polluting our waterways that as is the legacy we now live under. Now when Ron DeSantis became into uh, into uh, became governor. We'd already the legislature already passed billions of dollars in sub farm subsidies to have them stop polluting, you know, and and we created all these um, uh, well not we but the they authorized the, the construction of 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 uh, creating basically a a way to clean uh, to clean some water by letting it flow south right instead of uh, going through the Bloxahatchee uh, uh, or the St. Lucie they this is this has been uh, they allowed the water to start flowing south not not as much right now but it will eventually their idea is that they're going to throw so much money at this 
that it will it will clean itself because of these uh, these ideas that we have uh, that we have funded. Uh, the reality is, of course, is that it's it's not if we're going to go through their plan, it would take a long a lot longer and a lot more money. And uh, even what they've implemented so far for for what they needed uh, has you know scientists scientists basically have said it's not a big enough square footage in order to uh, allow for you know basically let the water uh, let polluted water flow south into these catchments into these big basins let the let the sun uh, uh, evaporate the water so all you're left with is this toxic sludge it, not not in our waterways but in these catchments the water the rest of the water will just filter either evaporate or filter down continue filtering south. And then you just take the sludge and you burn it or, or dispose of it somehow. And you do that over and over again for years. That does not resolve the number, the actual source of the contaminants, right? And that's the big issue. We, we actually have seen several water crises, water quality crisis in Florida. Uh, if you live in the Tampa Bay area, you, you would have heard about this um, uh, this phosphate, a de depleted phosphate mine that basically had uh, that's been storing water for so long, for decades. Uh, that had been mismanaged, and that the 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 reservoirs were starting to crack in its foundation, and were and essentially these nitrate uh, nutrient rich and even uh, even toxic, even radioactive water was pouring into Tampa Bay, uh, and instead, so the 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 Sanders administration, uh, then this was during COVID, of course, uh, it started issuing emergency no bid contracts. Uh, to out-of-state uh, contractors to basically in inject uh, in inject into the water uh, like uh, these uh, ca uh, foreign chemicals to try and clean it up, and all they were doing was basically oh uh, it, it's it, they bind to the co to the concentrates and they let it sink to the bottom. You do testing, of course, it's cleaner than it was before, but now you just just move the nutrients to the bottom of uh, bottom of all these water of the waterway of the reservoir itself. Meanwhile, they actually have to, you know, and that's really the the approach that all local governments from the state all the way down uh, have had. They're basically just moving the nutrients from one place to another with foreign contaminants. Uh, even in um, in Osceola County, I was, I, they've been doing this uh, mechanical process where, you know, they uh, they will take up any, you know, any uh, algae they see that's visible. By the way, most algae is invisible. So the question of the, whether we've had it or not is really a question of whether we've had it, you know, exposed, turned green, and everyone sees it and it starts, you know, smelling by a, a certain concentration. But it is there and it's still there by con high concentration, just not enough to see or smell. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, if you ever heard of the water advisory uh, regarding swimming in in these uh, in, in lakes and waterways, you can still get it, and it, it, you can still um, you can still get, you know. Uh, I would say a toxic, uh, toxic exposure to it, even if you don't see it. So uh, there are these two areas about whether there's these two approaches. They're all like fanciful ideas of either we're going to clean up as soon as we see it on the surface, or we're going to just move it from one place to another, uh, and eventually doesn't doesn't really deal with the root cause of where these nutrients are coming, which is North Lake Okeechobee and all these other lake uh, agricultural lands um, that are up there. That uh, that is then you know, coming downstream, like you, you have to follow where the water's coming from, right? So the water yeah. follow the nutrients follow the water. And I don't want to well, bore as, anybody. As, as usual, I, I think it was, I think it was another one of those uh, problems that was created by the government to begin with. And you talk sure. about, I think um, the big thing was like the Army Corps of Engineers and trying to, like you said, kind of engineer some sort of unnatural flow between Okeechobee and all this. I mean, this is my rudimentary understanding from... 
Yes, the the Everglades. Um, you, you know, and and it was basically, you know, once we, we trying to, of course, get the Army Corps of Engineers out of the way in a in a sense, so that we can, you know, come up with better, more common sense solutions. You know, eventually Florida's going to have to take over. You know, convince the feds to let go of the of the management of the dike at the Okeechobee Dike, and and let us manage it. It's a dike that's over a hundred years old, almost a hundred years old now. So uh, that it, they're not meant to last that long. We're you know we're living on borrowed time. The only reason why that even existed was because in the in the 20s there was a massive hurricane that that inundated all the agricultural land south of Lake Okeechobee. It was a 19, I think it was a hurricane 1925. But the the and it, so in other words, this was just a, created as agricultural water control, not to keep uh, not to keep water, uh, not to make sure water was clean or uh, not to uh, prepare. You know, it, it's it was basically a subsidy for the for the ag industry. How much of this, uh, you know? I mean, so uh, I, I, you're taking basically the bottom line though is that you're taking issue that you don't really think that Governor DeSantis did much or deserves much credit for. Uh, sort of cleaning the, up some of the water issues. The, solutions, the solution that exists now came in before he became governor. And then the whatever he's done now has just been patches, right? Uh, emergency orders to try and- How much of this technically should be under the purview of uh, absentee agricultural commissioner, Nikki Freed? <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, the, the reality is that you can't have a, a, a comprehensive policy with the legislature. And the legislature has basically done what any, what you know, they're going to run by Republicans are going to do what they do. They're going to isolate the, the lone Democrat on the state board and give us a few little authority as possible. And unfortunately, uh, these, you know, the entire state government actually is to blame because even she has sat there and said nothing about these issues. You know, she, what's, she said you know, nothing and, uh, about anything except for her own campaign and marijuana. Or, or, terrible. Or exactly. Uh, I, 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 I can't disagree with that. Uh, she, you know, <laughs> at the uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, she is. Um, for even people who who wanted to support her because uh, she, you know, by decriminalizing uh, cannabis, uh, she is basically pushing back on the war on drugs. She's pushing back on on this idea of of hey, we should a bodily, you know, this idea that hey, we should, if, you know, if our doctor agrees that cannabis is appropriate medical treatment for ourselves, we should be able to do that without permission. We should be able to do that without having to report in and carry a card. Uh, I mean, this is a. Um, you know, on that fundamental issue, that, that's why a lot of people actually even voted for her over a Republican. There was no Libertarian running in that in, in, in that year. But point out that uh, I will tell you that uh, I'm a little scared about who becomes the next Secretary uh, Commissioner of Agriculture, uh, because the federal law is that if you are a medical care, uh, if you are uh, a documented user of medical cannabis, and you own a, a concealed weapons license. Uh, you will be uh, you will be banned from the the federal gun registry from oh, and being able to purchase a firearm in the future through the registry. Why? Because mm -hmm. they they do not allow someone who to own a firearm or purchase a firearm that is also a medical that basically carries a, a medical marijuana card or can you know for for medical cannabis. So that yeah. is a scary thought, and we we have right now a Republican running there that that is the author of the red flag bill, the Florida red version of the red flag bill that is basically what became the national law on red flags. And this is someone I do not trust to not uh, give the feds, turn over the feds, our medical marijuana list. No. of, uh, of I actually held a pro I had a, uh, you're talking about Wilton Simpson. I held a protest yes. against him here, here in the villages when he, he was the uh, Lincoln day dinner keynote speaker. And um, 
this is last year and I protested against him because that was at the time he was, of course, him and, and Chris Sprouls were holding up the special session to uh, get these masks and off these kids and everything. Um, we basically squeaky wheeled that into existence. And so I handed out flyers talking about, you know, how Wilton Simpson is a rhino and, um, you know, highlighting especially his egregious track record on um guns and gun control and red flag laws and everything and how he doesn't deserve our support because he's just, he's terrible. He's just another one of those, uh, politicians self-seeking. I mean, you know, this isn't really, right, right, right. Uh, I'm with you. You know, I yeah. was a registered Republican for my entire life until I, I said enough, I'm enough of the talking points and doing the opposite of what they promised to do, you know, lower taxes. No, we're going to raise taxes. We're not going to lock you down. We're going to lock you down. You know, this is, uh, you know, we're not no. we're going to fight for your kids to have, you know, face face freedom. Right. No, it was right. And I was going to say, and that is one of the legitimate criticisms of DeSantis is because he has endorsed Wilton Simpson. Um, you know, I mean, you could say what, what I mean, it, it, it's politics. It's ugly. You know, you can say, well, maybe in order to, to get that uh, the special session done, to get that win under his, in his pocket for the kids and for the parents and the families of Florida to get the masks off the off the kids and to, to create some legislation there. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You, you call the special session, you get this done, Wilton Simpson, and I'll support you in your race for, you know, agricultural commissioner. I mean, maybe, maybe not. That's just the way I how I see it. Um, but you know, we know that Wilton Simpson is bad on guns and I don't know, it's not, it doesn't really stand to reason though, that, 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 uh, governor DeSantis supports Simpson's stance on guns, but you've mentioned that as one of governor DeSantis's weak points. What is your, um, criteria? Remember, what is your evidence of that? So he's, uh, Ron DeSantis is so strong on gun control and particularly on gun confiscation that he has refused to budge on his issues. And since 2019, he's been on the record in support of red flag laws. Since then, he has uh, essentially been mum on any on, on any pro-Second Amendment uh, Second uh, Amendment legislation, uh, even if developing himself. So See, and that, that's valid. not true. He's, he, he's come out and said that he's in favor of a constitutional carry amendment. Right. Uh, he, he, and, uh, and, Ron DeSantis is famous for speaking out of both sides of his mouth, uh, both sides of his face. So well, but that's, that's not his fault. That and this is that this is another Wilton Simpson criticism because Simpson and Sprouls are the ones, the leadership, you know, the rhinos in in, in our legislature, who go, purposely kill these bills in legislation uh, behind behind closed doors so that they never see see the light of day. And constitutional carry is one of them. Where Governor DeSantis has said he will sign it. You need to put it on my desk. That's not his fault that they haven't put the legislation on his desk for him to sign. Right. That's the classic uh, explanation that he gives and his office gives and his whole team gives. Oh, that I don't have to lead on any issue because uh, someone didn't bring it before me because I'll, oh, I have to work on it. No, no, you have to work on it in order for me to champion it. No. So this is someone like you have you just stated that will not champion an issue because it's the right thing to do only because someone else has done the work. That's what you that's literally what the policy is. And I and he the, this is the most trend. I thought Rick Scott was transactional. This guy is, is the, the, this guy is transactional. Uh, he takes the cake, in other words. I, so I, I've never seen anybody like him. And, and I've met the guy personally. I, you know, I've, uh, I know that he, that he has a, he's a very aggressive and he is uh, ambitious. 
Uh, and I, I, I clearly see that he's making these these moves for one one idea in mind only, and that is to run for president in 2024. So we're going to elect him, or you know, we're going to give him a free pass. And this year, because he 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 wants to aspire to higher office I, I, at our expense, I, I find that distasteful, especially in a, in a recession, especially when people are losing their homes. Uh, you know, and what's the excuse? Oh, because he was good on something briefly for two two years ago. You know, that that's that's a pitiful excuse in my in my book. And frankly, if we're going to promote the, uh, him as a standard bearer for on on liberty and freedom, uh, we can do a lot better. Uh, and and frankly, that's why I'm running for office. Yeah, well, you know, why did you make this decision now? Because you know, there was a part of you know, you saw the the question I asked Dave Smith when I had the the brief chance to interview him. And, you know, there's a lot of run up to it. And I know you said that, well, Dave Smith isn't the party and, and it is decentralized. But, you know, he did spend a lot of lip service talking about, well, uh, I don't necessarily think it would be a wise move strategically to uh, run an LP candidate against Governor DeSantis when he's probably the, the one governor in the nation who's done the most to preserve freedom. Why didn't you come out a year ago? Um, why did you wait until after the Mises takeover um, and with it just a few months left uh, before uh, the election to put your hat in the ring for governor? Okay, so there's a couple of questions in there. Uh, I can't answer for Dave Smith, but I will I will say this uh, I, because I've, I've had hundreds of these conversations already. And I can tell you that uh, that for people in Florida, uh, people in Florida may not understand are from Florida who went through COVID in Florida, like I did, like you did. Uh, everyone else who's coming to Florida or see or, or or basically went through the worst of COVID, the COVID lockdowns, they really they really are traumatized. And I I I sympathize with what they've gone through. I sympathize that they want to see a, a free state of Florida, that they want to see the shiny uh, a shiny beacon on a hill. They want to see they want to be able to point to their politicians and say we want to be like Florida. And I and I understand that that angst and that anger and that upset. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I, you know, briefly, we've all lived some kind of ex some kind of issues with COVID, and there were nothing, almost nothing, nobody, almost nobody in Florida can say the same thing. I went through the same thing New York City went through. I mean, there were some counties that were went that way, uh, but not a lot of them. But and, and even though they're well populated, like uh, Palm Beach County or Broward County, in particular, uh, even even to a certain extent, Orange County. But the what 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 happened in like New York City was deplorable, and I, I can see where they're coming from in in terms of don't you know don't rock the boat with DeSantis. He he's the greatest because he represents something for us. You know, unfortunately, it's it, giving us symbolic support for somebody in another state, and it, 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 and to tell the people there, well, because he was he was he's our example to those outside the state. That you should put up with gun confiscation, that you should put up with higher property taxes, runaway property insurance, the foreclosures of your home. I mean, at some point it becomes a little laughable uh, that we have to put up with that so that they can feel a, a little safer, a little more comfortable, because the world is a little less crazy than you know than where they live right now. I, I you know, it's it's that's the catch twenty two. You can't. You know they are going through something emotionally. We we've all been through this uh, some this trauma, and we have to face it. Uh, that you know the the politics as usual are only going to make uh, bring this back again, most likely another lockdown. Uh, you know if it's not if it's not the Sanders, it'll be someone else. And as you said, 
and DeSantis did lock down the state. So that's, that's he's not going to do it again, though. I mean, there's no way. There's absolutely no way he'd ever put us through a lockdown again. Let's I you know um, I I'm an American of of uh, descended from from uh, his Latin, Latin Americans and and Jewish people and you know both both side every member of my family can obviously say that we've all said it can never happen here and it ended up mm. it did end up doing that doing doing so so I you know, <clears throat> it's a cautionary it's a cautionary statement whenever you hear these things from people say it's it's time to watch out and it's and it, and that's the point of why I'm running, you know, because so you ask why, you know, why, why would I run, you know, you know, sort of uh, late, right, in the in the in the timeline? It's simply because we we needed someone to we needed a foil, we needed somebody to step up and say, this is what not only a libertarian sound, looks and sounds like, but this is basically reasonable. And what we're getting from Ron DeSantis in the last couple of months has been simply unreasonable, uh, you know, statist, you know, socialist even. And the, the reality is that there, there's no check. There, if there's no check, if, if we simply don't say anything, then we tacitly approve. We tacitly support that behavior. We give it, we actually reward it. Uh, and, and, and that's the point. I, I will tell you the truth. The reality is also, I, you know, we were talking about recruiting a member to run for, uh, to run for governor since last year. And since actually the, uh, uh, almost a year and a half ago. And the, the reality is that because we gave so much deference to people around the country on DeSantis that it was, uh, and we were still relatively coming out of the co- uh, of COVID, that this this is um, uh, that it wasn't appropriate at the time to 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 go file a candidate. A year a come come a year later, a little more than a year later, and we're finding out that national red flag law that, that Congress passed was based on Florida, uh, with Florida's red flag law, and our our legislature and our governor have said nothing. Nothing. In fact, I, you know, to to the credit of of Marco Rubio and Rick Scott on this issue, Rick Scott having signed the, the Florida version of this law into mm-hmm. into uh, into effect, he, they both voted against it in the Senate. They both both mm-hmm. and Marco's going around parodying that. Oh, I was uh, I was against it before. You know, I was for it. Right. Uh, you know, th- that's the the reality is that is that they know where their bread is buttered. They know the po- th- those are very seasoned politicians. But on the other hand, Ron DeSantis has been utterly silent on this issue. He hasn't made a public statement at all. In fact, the only public statement I've heard him say on, on guns was, hey, you know, we should we should shoot lunatics on the street that refuse to abide by red flag laws. You know, he, he said that at the beginning of June. No, so, I mean, well, he said he also said and, and, and I would like to see him do it or, or I'd like to. I guess it's unfalsifiable right now. But, you know, because like I mentioned before, he has come out and said recently that he would support a constitutional carry bill. And it is to our shame, to Florida's shame, that we are, that we've got all these other um, states that are, are out freedoming us in that regard, you know, and I'll point that out every time I see another state like Indiana, thankfully, um, that passed their constitutional carry carry law. Um, and I'm, I, I'll, I, I'll say it, yeah, like, where are we? Why haven't we passed one? But again, I can't put that at the feet of Governor DeSantis. He's not the one that 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 I mean, you know, as much as we want him, it's it's either do you want him to be a dictator or do you not? So sometimes we can we 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 criticize him for things that aren't his fault and then accuse him, you know, on one side, hey, you're not a dictator enough. And then on the other side, no, you're too much of a dictator, you know, and, and we criticize him for doing too much. And you can't have it both ways, really, I don't think. Well, there's there's one thing. Uh, uh, listen, I. I 
he, he has acted dictatorially. I mean, and, and certainly during the emergency, uh, when he's had the state of emergency for 475 days, he was the dictator of Florida. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat that. He 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 superseded he uh, the the powers of the legislature to pass billions in, in to approve billions in no bid contracts. Uh, he you know he he legislated from executive orders. <clears throat> this is that guy. But to say that he had to act in in the normal legislative process as a dictator, he didn't have to do that. All he has to do is lend support early in the process. Say I support, I endorse this this legislator's uh, bill on the issue, and go from there. <laughs> so that's um uh, it, the the point is that he, there was nothing in it for him on the short term. He doesn't see it like that. His his political calculations are very are are, are very short uh, in terms of um, you know what is it for, in for me now? What's in in it for me now? <clears throat> and that's that's what we ended up seeing in Florida, unless you were someone who who could pay to play. Uh, who could, you know, you know, uh, invest in 120 million dollars that of war chest that he's developed, uh, unless you can, uh, unless you can fuel, continue to fuel his his uh, political ambitions, you're not getting the attention. Uh, you're not getting any attention, and and it's not like COVID changed anything. Uh, re- realistically, it, it really hasn't. Uh, it made, you know, it, it's continued. Uh, the COVID policies have continued to a certain effect, in the sense that we have not. Uh, as our, our local governments or county governments, even our state governments, still feel that they can govern the same way as they did under COVID. They can still call whole industries non-essential, unimportant, or outright ban them. You know, we you have that. You know, you've you've had the wild, you know, Florida Wildlife Commission come in and 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 tell people who are who are hobbyists, um, you know, uh, 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 hobbyists. How do you say that? Uh, people who raise turtles, uh, lizards, snakes. That your, your entire yeah. industry is not allowed in the, in, the, in the state of Florida, unless you're a zoo. I mean, that's it. I mean, no, you're gone. Uh, so a lot of people have to pack up and leave and, and send all their things to the Carolinas. You know, uh, this, the same with the same with schools. Unfortunately, when we when we when you were complaining about Wilton Simpson last year, we're we're the parents were just. I mean, it was just this past November uh, that 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 the that parents were so irate around the state, not just in isolated mm-hmm. pockets, but throughout. That uh-huh. that the, the the federal Department of Justice was calling them domestic terrorists in official memos. So we're going to investigate them. We're I think that was more due to the the, the the ire in Virginia and Loudoun County, maybe not. I mean, or just generally, it wasn't. No, like no, there is explicit. It was explicit in Florida. You know, the the parent the parents and uh, their parents in Central Florida, and particularly, and I can tell you in Miami, they were irate. Why? Because the extended face mask mandates that continue. Mm-hmm. All the way to March of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't. The only reason why that they even got rid of them is because finally the teachers' union said, "Oh, we're going to finally represent the teachers and say uh, we're we're not going to put up with masks anymore unless you pay us more and put it in a contract." You know, and they wouldn't pay them more, so they they put in a contract that we don't need to wear masks under if there's no emergency. Uh, you know, there are some there are, there are supervisor elections around the different counties that are running elections right now, requiring people for, to wear ma- masks to go vote. Or at least to get temperature mm-hmm. checks, and and if you're if you're sick or you feel sick, you're not allowed in here. We're going to we're going to let you vote from from your car, and then we'll walk your ballot in. I mean, that's what's I happening. Mean, it, but it, that's a criticism, though. That that I mean, like 
he's one man. So uh, can you lay that again? Can you lay that at DeSantis's feet? I mean, what, what yeah. is, what is reasonable, what is reasonable to put at DeSantis's feet and what is not, you know, like the mass mandates in schools, unless you did want him to act like a dictator, he's not, there are certain protocols and rules. He can't just override every single school board or can he, I don't know. So That's the thing. And I have a, a connection issue with you. Um, I don't know if you, <clears throat> I can hear you. You cut out earlier. Can you hear me? Are you there? Hello. Oh, crap. Ah. Okay. Okay. Oh, it was me then. Okay. Yeah. So I, I briefly lo I lost your connection there, uh, but we're back. And uh, to answer your question, what's reasonable? So Ron DeSantis kept the state in a state of emergency uh, for 375 days. Uh, and the, 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 the reality comes down to is that the, for, I'm sorry, for 475 days, the reality comes down to is that when you keep a, uh, when you keep a, a state under that uh, emergency for so long, and you allow different counties to have different policies instead of one regular policy across the state in regards to curfews, mask mandates, even vaccine mandates. I mean, uh, or the way we deal help with deal with healthcare. You know, it's you're gonna. It, this is you're you're teaching the local governments. You're letting them establish this type of local culture on how to essentially, uh, how do we say, take people's rights and liberties away. I mean, that's literally what's happened. And they're, they're, they don't need an emergency any, anymore to do it. They don't need an emergency order or excuse to do, as an excuse to do that anymore. They're just going to do it. Uh, and we've seen that, the, unfortunately, the governor, uh, we spent all this time, you know, fighting the school boards and saying that they shouldn't amass the kids on the, or unmask the kids. But the school boards were using his same emergency declaration as the excuse to implement the, uh, those policies, those like mask, masking the kids and the teachers creating virtual schooling, you know, at separating, you know, this is, uh, this is a problem. You know, this, this is a problem that, that has not been addressed by this governor who caused the, the problem in the first place with, 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 but with, with his power grab. I mean, 475 days, being a, uh, the dictator of Florida for 475 days is a power that no governor ever anywhere should ever have. And for that, on that notion alone, he shouldn't be reelected. Because we've, we've already seen what he'll do when he has the ability to, when he has the kind of power. You know, the only reason why he even took, like he even canceled that emergency and didn't renew it, in other words, was that a week later, California reopened. California. I mean, you should, people yeah. should, shouldn't be laughing. They should be angry that that is uh -huh. the type of government that we have in Florida, that they'll try to get away with anything and everything to steal your money, to steal your, your livelihood. And uh, and to really and ruin your your family's lives. I mean, it certainly take away your property and your homes. Uh, and and that's what it comes down to. They've abandoned us on, on property insurance, property taxes. We've lived. We we when I was first became active in politics, I was standing next to Marco Rubio, and when he was calling for the end of property taxes in Florida to go to zero percent, and I want to repeat that call. Why? Because it was a good idea back then. It's a good idea now. Why? Because the, the property tax uh, scheme is a scheme that we have in Florida. Because it's not tied. It's regressive. It's not tied to your ability to pay. It's tied to whatever uh, government official says your house is worth. 
and then you know times whatever tax rate they have. You know, our effective tax rate in Florida is actually higher than California's. It's higher. Mm-hmm. We're we're in the top we're in the top fifteen, and uh, and that that puts California somewhere around sixteen or seventeen. So this is an issue that Florida and remember we don't need the average income in Florida is uh, fifty eight thousand fifty eight thousand dollars, and obviously in California is in in the eighty thousand range. They can afford their high taxes. We're, you know, we don't have that kind of beef or cheddar. And, and that's the problem. That's a huge comprehensive problem that we that Democrats and Republicans have refused to, to address because they like stealing our money. And what are they going to mm-hmm. use it for? Contracts and, and largesse and, and uh, patronage. You know, if you're in, so if you're in Central Florida, you see it. Yeah. Are you doing any um, fundraising? How are you able to fundraise? Or does the, the LP fund any of your candidacy? Uh, I don't know how that works necessarily. Um, so, or- yeah, I've been, I've been going around the state. I've been, uh, you know, I, I've been working with, uh, uh, with, can- uh, with other candidates that are on the ballot as well. I've been developing the resources. We, we've developed a network of fundraisers within the LP and as well as with, you know, and obviously through my campaign. Uh, we, we, you know, I have a couple of several events and a big campaign push coming up now. Uh, and you know, I hope to actually be able to to raise uh, $150,000 to trigger the, uh, the the matching fund, the public matching funds program, because uh, I think my goal is to set small goals. That's a good, good, modest goal, and we trigger we, we trigger the uh, uh, that uh, the the matching funds program. We get a one-to-one match, uh, and then we and it will be the first you know non-Republican, not Democrat to do that. And right now, the, the we, you you have the you know, all most of the, all the Democrats, strangely enough, except Wilton Simpson, uh, claiming for public um, the same public matching funds, even though they've raised millions already, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and and you know, hundred million on the on 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 the Sanders side. So the report kit just came out that he just raised five. He was just got a, a fact check from the state uh, that state trust fund that, that was dedicated for people for five million dollars. So if he can do it, why can't I? Yeah. So, you know, because I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, it's not that I <clears throat> totally disagree with you and what your vision is for Florida and um, what the issues are in Florida. We, we obviously have issues. I mean, it's a state. It's run by status. Um, but um, the, the bottom line is, is that you have a zero percent chance of winning. So why even why waste your time? Why waste the money? Why waste everybody's resources? Um, for a race that you have zero percent chance of winning, why do that? So it's uh, I I don't disagree. My chances are zero, uh, even though I, it's <laughs> it's obviously slim, right? It's a slim chance, you know. But I have a chance as much as anybody, uh, you know. These days, you know, when we, we Florida is a plurality win state, so I technically only need thirty three percent plus one to win to win the election. Uh, but I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, you know, I I I I believe that we cannot. Uh, simply sit by and not confront uh, confront bad politicians and tell them that what, especially when they're when why, they, wouldn't, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you instead run for a more winnable race why why wouldn't you run for a local office um, you know uh, down in Miami uh, or you know Hon- something honestly I didn't, I, I didn't have anything available uh, for me to run to like that uh, mm-hmm. and the the idea though at the end of the day is that what what's the goal of my campaign if i can if i'm trying to win right uh and i and i tell and i'm going to tell you right now that even if i'm just developing uh the the infrastructure to run a campaign again in two years when ron DeSantis goes and runs for president 
I'll, I'll still be there. I'll still, that's my measure of a victory. A measure of victory is increase the, uh, the vote total that, that Adrian Wiley got a couple years back. Uh, I will raise money, develop the team, develop the message, and be able to clearly establish a track record for being the guy who, who is saying the right things at the right time. Uh, and in two years, only in two years, that's, a, you know, it, 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 that goes by quick. When Ron Sens goes and runs for president, because we know he's he's fueling his his political ambitions, and he'd be a fool not to run, even though he's he he says oh, I'm not going to talk about that. He's going to run. Uh, the the reality comes down to is, is there'll be a special election for governor, and I will still be there. And if I don't, if you see me, if you if this is just a a test campaign to prepare the road for that one, I'll be ha I'll be fine with that too. Uh, that that's that's legitimate. And on the other side, I hope that for Republicans who might or people around the country that might look at me a little funny and what, why are you challenging Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis is so poor on these issues that you might not be able to tell the difference between him and a Democrat uh, from the from the 1990s. I mean, people that, like to compare that, it to Bill Clinton. No, see, you know what? And, and when I that's that's just not even true, though, because, you know, like, so I'm sitting here I'm, I'm like in preparation for this and I'm like, OK, I'm just trying to think of, OK, well, what are what are some of these what are some of the, the wins or the things that I'm pleased with Governor DeSantis? And I'm writing I'm, I, 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 I've got a list Please. right here. I've got a list. And, and, yeah, and number one. Yeah. Number one. It's actually amazing. I could even write a list of things I'm actually happy about a politician does. Normally, you're lucky, especially whether it's a governor or president, to be able to write two or three things, and that's that's you're lucky. And I mean, I've got like ten things. So, um, you know, I'll go down. I'll just I'll just go down what I've and this is just what I remembered and what I could think of off the top of my head. But the parental rights and education bill, which is what the media called the "Don't Say Gay" bill, no, so that um, that uh, you're not allowed to talk uh, sexual things, uh, gender dysphoria, et cetera, to young kids, K through three. Um, the Reedy Creek Act, the revoking Disney special rights. Uh, hiring Dr. Lapato, who uh, is another very sane uh, person on Team Reality, who has been uh, fighting back against the COVID nonsense, and they've put together some really good um, uh, initiatives through the Florida Department of Health um, including uh, issuing official guidance against COVID injections for young people, also including uh, issuing official DOH guidance calling into question the affirmative care model for um, uh, youth experiencing gender dysphoria, basically coming out, out against um, using puberty blockers and surgeries. Um, the new law ensuring families will have access to patients in the hospital, the No Patient Left Alone Act. So, you know, that was the big one of the big problems uh, during COVID is hospitals not allowing uh, people to uh, come in and see their dying or sick uh, loved ones. The Stop Woke Act that's supposed to uh, help trying to curtail the CRT nonsense in schools and corporations. Um, ending standardized testing in schools, getting rid of the COVID vax mandate for the Special Olympics, leading the nation and offering monoclonal antibodies as a treatment for COVID. Um, and that's just, you know, what I've got right here. That's not I, I don't even think that's an exhaustive list by any means. And, and I can't say that about almost any politician where I can sit there and, and rattle off at least 10 or 12 things right then and there that I actually agree with them on. And not only agree, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And you don't see any comp anybody on the conservative side of things, at least in terms of the governorship, that is doing anything close to what Governor DeSantis has done with just that little list I've got. And that's not even all of it. So any comments on any of that? Absolutely. All right. Mm -hmm. So 
So the don't say gay bill or what, you know, the parental, look how it's named parental rights. Uh, the reality is that it doesn't do that. Uh, so it does two things. One, it 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 uh, actually uh, how do you say it certifies? No, it it um, uh, it uh, formalizes co uh, government as co-parent. What do I mean by that? So in other words, besides the don't say gay bill, in other words, parents aren't allowed uh, actually to have that uh, to have the discussion in the classroom environment either. They don't have the input with the teachers and the administration of the school. To say this is how I want this to be taught at this all the way to uh, through grade four. They just outright come in and say we're the we're the government parent. We say no whatsoever to you what your opinion is. Now on the other side of that, which is even worse, is that it actually legalizes talking about it grade, grades five and up. Think about that for a second. Yeah, it, it does that. So because it actually creates a policy where it's banned from grades four and, and under. Well, legalizes it basically legalizes grooming grades five and up. So uh, w there's no recourse, and of course, uh, and again, what are the parents going to say? No, there's there's absolutely no law in in Florida that prohibits us from doing that, and parental and the parents don't have a uh, don't don't have a right to uh, to complain because the the school administrators can just say, well, the law actually doesn't prohibit us from doing this explicitly. It says only if there's grades four, four and under. So this is an undermining of parental rights as a result, or or better yet said, an increase in the power of the government as co-parent. So uh, that's why, and, and ultimately, if, if if you know any educators, this, this actually creates another another law that creates a burden on educators, generally speaking, in the classroom, that they have to watch out or or someone can come after them if they say, if, if they say something inappropriate. Well, and I think, but I think we need that. I think we need that now because we've seen, um, what these uh, activist teachers are trying to teach our kids. And unfortunately, I wish we didn't have to have that kind of law, but it's, it's become very okay. apparent that you've got activist teachers out there who are trying to talk to your kids and, and, and inject this agenda where it doesn't belong. Well, let, let's, let's, be, let's, let's tell the truth here. And, and what you're saying is true, but, it's for the, but I, want you to, I want you to know the bigger truth. The bigger truth is that the, school, the state policy uh, in, in public education or curriculum-based education, uh, is that is they they promote the hiring of young mille uh, millennial or Gen Z people who uh, who will be paid as much as veteran teachers will be paid to sit sit around for two or three years, maybe a little longer, and then leave the uh, and then leave. And they're coming straight from college with those kind of values. Of course, they're going to teach Marxist CRT. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, non-nuclear or extended family uh, values, right? Uh, they're going to uh, that. That's really what's what the legislature, as a policy, has set up for every school district in Florida. So, of course, if you want, if you don't want woke values, left-wing woke values, uh, being taught uh, to your children, then why would you hire people who that's all they know, right? But that is literally what's being promoted in, at the state level. One size fits well, who all. Else, who else are you going to hire? What are, you, what are you talking about? People, if if you uh, if if we did invest invest in public education sufficiently, <laughs> I'm not saying that we should. I'm just saying if if the legislature did, you could hire, you can have competitive rates to actually hire people with the values we want. And where's the conversation about parents in this? What do the parents want? You could. You could hire veterans. You could hire older people with experience. They just do not. There is a, a there's an ageism in as a result <coughs> with regards to with regards to um, 
the hiring practices of school districts because it's basically reversely, right? So they, well, they want to hire people who are younger, more impressionable, but the real problem comes, comes down from the administrators, right? The administration of these school districts, basically, uh, what, I, what, what you know, when we talk about the teachers unions and the administrations, we normally think left wing, right? But mm -hmm. really that's who's running the show and they really haven't touched that problem either. They've just made it harder for the, they've actually made it harder for people who have certain, who represent certain, uh, and teach from a perspective of family values or or free market economics, uh, to actually to actually continue to have a role in and a job even in the school in these school districts. So again, it's it's it, it sounds good, but at the end of the day, it doesn't result in uh, in attacking the core, the, the striking the root of the problem. I, I, I could just see you, though, on the campaign trail, trying to convince voters of this, just like you're trying to convince voters that, that you know, uh, Governor DeSantis really wasn't that great on COVID, you know? I mean, like you said, you talk to somebody from New York or somebody who moved here from California or New Jersey, and you're going to get laughed at, you know, oh, whatever. You, you know, I mean, it's a hard, like, when you you're have up, to kind right. of take some but, of these, um, these yeah. <laughs> positions. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. People in New York who are looking at me like, um, I, you know, I love Florida. I don't know. I don't know why you want to get rid of DeSantis. He's great. And I tell yeah. you, and I tell you what, I, well, I tell you what I'm going to tell them and all your listeners, wait uh -huh. till you get your first property tax bill in the mail and then let me okay. know how you feel. Right. All right. Because you, you yeah. want to know what's going to generate new libertarians, people who actually love freedom and liberty and irrespective of the politician whose, whose, whose name is on the bill. It, that's mm -hmm. that's what it is. That's what's going to be. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. So, so so you 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 don't necessarily think that the parental rights and education bill is a win. All right. So tell me what about the rest of the list? Tell me what else you so, think. No you problem. Got. Uh, so uh, and, and and by the way, remember, I I'm the guy who says that that uh, Ron DeSantis is one of the worst governors on COVID in, in America. Which is laughable. It's just it's just laughable when you when you take. I mean, how can you expect voters to take you seriously when you make ridiculous statements like that? That that on its face is absurd. On its face uh, is absurd. You know, I, you know, uh, you, I, I'm, I'm out here to literally pro provide an opinion based on facts that that confronts the media narrative. The media I mean, narrative says. It sounds says, like you're trying to. It sounds like it sounds like you're going out of your way, and I, I get that. You know, in, in a sense, you have to, you know, demonize your opponent. But when you go out of your way to demonize your opponent to the point of absurdity, you make yourself look bad. When 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 you when you when you can't I, I even think believe, you know, <laughs> I, I think believing the the mainstream narrative about Ron DeSantis after we've been through several years of clear bias, where you know where they have established a, a, a pattern of oh we're going to promote the candidate that we want to see by attacking them by criticizing them by just giving them air so much airtime that of course we're going to create all this sympathy for this guy so that he will be the leading figure and it's usually a he will be a leading figure in, in their side of their movement and our job is done. For the same people who basically for three years told us that that Donald Trump was a Russian asset. I mean, but you can't sit there and tell me that 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 the the media in Florida has has really sold Governor DeSantis. The media in Florida has been hostile. I mean, the Sun Slatinal, the uh, Miami, you know, the whatever the paper in Miami, Herald Times or whatever. You know, the Orlando, uh, same thing, slantinal <laughs> uh, is what we call it. But, you know, because they, they, they are absolutely totally dead set against Governor DeSantis. They've propped up the lie that he's 
uh, cooking the books and, and, you know, just like all the other mainstream media, anybody that's actually doing something useful for the people, they're tearing them down. So you can't sit there and pretend that the media in Florida has made some sort of mythical, you know, monument of this man when they've actually done what they do to all the conservatives that are doing anything, which is try and tear him down. Well, that's, I, uh, I don't disagree with your sentiment because I see it too, but that's part, that's part of what I'm trying to say that they form a, they, they, uh, they participate in forming this, uh, uh, these, uh, creating these bubbles, uh, creating, uh, th these, uh, stratifications in society where, you know, you are on the right wing and you are on the left wing. And if you are, if you are, you know, they're, they're not making, they're making simple arguments. They're saying, oh, he's bad. And if you agree with what he's doing, then you're bad too. I mean, instead of addressing the root causes of problems, instead of highlighting people who are actually trying to speak to the issue, you know, they want to continue playing these games of, you know, the sentence is going to be the center of our attention because we're all piling on. We're going to create all this sympathy for him. And, and, and I kid you not, we've seen it with Trump. We've seen it with, you know, every four years, we see, especially for the presidential years, we, we see this happening where they, well, they'll raise the flag on one candidate as the one that's coming up, uh, coming up. And then they'll swat them down and pick up another one and do it again. They do it so often that it actually is their business model. So why would I, I mean, I don't disagree with their business model. It's, it's, it's successful. It's elected presidents and it's, and it's obviously ruined careers too. So I'm not disputing what you're saying. All I'm, all I'm trying to add is that yes, the media does this. They do this as, as part of their business practices. We sh as we should, as people who love liberty and freedom, we shouldn't fall into, into be sucked in to their business model and believe that it's true because it's basically an exaggeration of what's happening. When I call, when I say that, the mainstream media is creating a caricature out of out of uh, uh, DeSantis. I, I'm I'm literally saying that the 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 character that they've developed, this persona that they developed, does not reflect the policies uh, that he has he, he's enabled in Florida. Uh, you know, he's when he's raised taxes, when he's chickened out and calling special sessions for to fix the pro uh, the property uh, insurance crisis. That's they only exist because we have we we have a, a a state monopoly on property insurance that was supposed to be a provider of last resort is now the provider of first resort, and it's collapsing. You know we're we, we're forty thousand homeowners in Florida have already lost their property insurance and have to be have to switch to a, a higher rate that uh, of of uh, windstorm insurance essentially that they can't afford. Where all these homes are also underinsured under flood insurance, so they're one storm away of being homeless. You know, this is this is the Florida I live in. This is the Florida, the, the facts that 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 are that I'm trying to talk about as someone who's running for public office and trying to educate the public on these issues. Uh, we, we should not trust the media narrative and we certainly should not trust. And we we certainly see a lot of that back and forth between uh, between, you know, uh, the DeSantis team saying we have to fight back against this left wing extremism uh, when they're in agreement as to their uh, policy issues and and. When there's nothing really new being said, he's he's not resolving any of the issues, bread and butter issues that that you and I are talking about, uh, and that we you and I have to live with, right? So nationally, they don't see these issues because they don't have to live with them, and that there's that's where the disconnect occurs. If you like, so I'll go back wanna, to the, the list. Yeah, I was gonna say, why don't why don't we tackle just one or two of sure. those points that I brought up? We're get, we're running short on time, but uh, right. pick pick another one or two of those issues and tell me, give me your thoughts. So, so Reedy Creek was a, a big diversion. Uh, in other words, when they, it's not enforced, it's not enacted, 
Uh, I mean, it's an uh, it won't go into effect supposedly until after the next legislative session. You, you, so they they give Disney time to go lobby the legislature again, which they will 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 do, and lobby in favor of of, uh, of repealing the repeal, right? But the second thing that occurs that even the 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 all in Orlando has gotten right uh, is that uh, that ultimately it probably won't even be legal what the legislature did with Reedy Creek, uh, because Reedy Creek has uh, almost two billion dollars out in, in in bonds that have to be guaranteed. Uh, they have to be guaranteed period before dissolving the, dissolving the district. Uh, and this is a big question about oh is uh, are the different um, you know it's Osceola and Orange that have to there are the counties that will be uh, uh, that will have to basically front the bill for those for those uh, for those bonds. Uh, but that's not how it works. It's not automatic. Uh, basically, the bond issuers have to be made in whole. Uh, on on the loans that they guaranteed or the guarantees they made for those bonds, uh, so it's basically a non-starter. Reedy Creek was always a non-starter; it was just a publicity stunt. And and why is it so important to distract the voters? Because they didn't get anything done in that special session. They didn't really. They didn't. You know, th- this was a special session to have this on on the on the laws in our book in the state of Florida on on how we manage uh, uh, public health emergencies. And you know, we still the, the legislature still left in the books the right of government to forcibly vaccinate you and put you in concentration camps. That was still left in the books uh, after that mm-hmm. special session. They don't want to tell you that, but they're already prepared for the next for the next one. And, and they still know that they have all these that as long as they why would they leave them in the books if they weren't prepared to use them in the future? That's what I that, that's that's my argument. Uh, the, mm-hmm. And so that that answers Reedy Creek. I just think it was just a bunch of a smokescreen. Uh, okay. The stop. Yeah. When it comes down to um, like Dr. Lapato, he you know he's all, he's been there for about a year and a half now. He's he is great. He's phenomenal. Uh, when you allow uh, when you obviously his history with the uh, America's doctors and with uh, you know and with the uh, you know the basically the, the movement against uh, for for science you know trust the science trust the experts like like uh-huh. like someone who's like him who's been in a uh, immune, immuneologist, uh, if I pronounced that correctly, that, that was that was fantastic. Honestly, you know, he's not a politician, so uh, we put someone who's who's an actual medical doctor rather than a politician in charge of policy. You know, so he's he's had a couple of bumps here and there, but he's he's been overall great. Uh, no, you know, the No Patient Left Alone Act. Uh, unfortunately, one of the reasons why I was disgusted by DeSantis' treatment of COVID uh, is that he would he would be making these 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 speeches in Palm Beach County, and uh, he was making these speeches in Palm Beach County fairly regularly. You know, he, like he goes around the state doing these speeches on on, on public time. Uh, and down the street, there would be a, there would be people who would be uh, who would be uh, locked in their hospital. Um, the hospital would not release them. They would be sick. They'd be they uh, the fam them and the family would want them to be released into the care of their personal physician. The hospital would refuse. They'd have to go to court to get to get a court a judge to order the hospital to release the patient. And uh, and they they didn't want they wanted to refuse the treatment which was intubation and all these other you know experimental drugs and treatments that that the hospital was offering public hospitals mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately down the street you know while DeSantis is making these speeches the the patient dies while waiting for DeSantis under the same emergency that DeSantis had declared for 475 days that he said he was fighting against he's still allowing people to die. Because they were because they couldn't get the care that they wanted, and their their families and their doctor had um, had chosen. This is a horrible moment in Florida's history for bodily autonomy, a horrible hit moment in history for America, 
And when I say that when, when DeSantis has a policy for himself and for everybody else, uh, I, I think we have to we, we I'm not I'm not demonizing him. I'm actually just saying what happened. Well, so and I think that that he actually that he had, they actually did somewhat address that with uh, Dr. Lapato because the problem was was that the hospitals has to follow the the officially published guidelines. Now, one of the ways that I thought it was brilliant actually that that they got away uh, around that is um, you know when they talk about officially published guidelines, most people think of like CDC guidelines, um, which was recommending remdesivir and all these experimental you know the, the, the hospital protocols that were death protocols. And so what Dr. Lapato did was that they uh, published their own official guidance, which allowed uh, doctors to be able to prescribe um, off, uh, off-label use of medicines and everything. And um, now you could have doctors and patients point to this officially published guidance as a way to um, get around some of these death protocols that the hospitals were otherwise. Uh, basically, they had to. Um, and it sucks. The whole healthcare industry is ridiculous, um, but they had to basically adhere to. And so I think that they actually did um, take steps to try and get around that um, very smartly, I think. And that was, to me, another big win of Dr. Lapato and, and Ron DeSantis. Right. I think that's after the fact, you know, that all that stuff is nice. Uh, the, the reality we, we have is that under the emergency guidelines that, that the, the governor had established, that's what these hospital districts were operating under. And the hospital districts were also forcibly vaccinating people. You couldn't get care in, in the public hospital systems. And every major every major metropolitan area in Florida has one. And and in order to get treatment from them, you had to you had to have, admit that you were uh, you were vaccinated or not. And uh, and if you didn't, they would have to they would vaccinate you or you walk away. Uh, and you know, even if without your permission, if you're unconscious and you're being and you you don't have a record of being vaccinated, you were going to get vaxxed right then and there. Uh, and of course, that's you know we're talking about Florida. We're talking about under the same health uh, health emergency that Ron DeSantis has declared for 475 days. Uh, not much has changed because I if if that if if a health emergency was declared again, we would still be under the same the same guidelines. Yes, uh, we could say that uh, that the you would have more freedom of choices. You wouldn't have to follow the federal guidelines, but you still wouldn't own your, your you still wouldn't have the decision yourself or your uh, to private physician to uh, to make the decision with you, and you would be locked into into the hospital care because they wouldn't release you either. I mean, I, ultimately, this goes into like if you if you think that the left wokeism in regards to COVID, uh, you know, with all these experimental drugs was one thing. Well, what about the right right wing wokeism with the like you said monoclonal antibodies? For me, I just look at that and I said, oh, another if if you if one was untested, this was certainly untested as well. I don't know if it's efficacy, but I do know that it was it was part of a a, a big uh, no bid uh, no bid contract that uh, that the governor approved without any oversight. So I mean we you can't have it both ways. So you know we have it we 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 see people mandating that the only difference what was that if you didn't want that one you could still do this one. You're not mandated to do this one, but we're gonna but you know what we're gonna spend tax dollars on it. And at the end of the day, you know, the biggest crisis I feel is going to be economic for voters, for people like you and me who are in Florida who are listening to this. The number one thing that people are going to have to take away about about the, about from this conversation is that come November, we're going to be feeling a, a lot of a bigger pinch in our in our wallets. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, inflation, the property taxes, the property insurance crisis, 
you know, the, 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 at the end of the day, you know, Ron Sands took a victory lap on, on saying that we have the highest uh, budget reserves in the history of the state of Florida, but, we, but he also signed six different property uh, tax increases. Uh, you know, where, where's the justification? You know, we're not justification. Instead, he could have rebated that money, could have lowered our taxes, but that's not what, that's, that was not in the interest of the, the politicians. And that's, so and that's think, really where I'm trying to, I'm fighting for people here. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, I mean, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on here to uh, plead your case. I think ultimately what this comes down to the heart of what we're talking about is um, it's a, it comes down to a lot of people have changed philosophically or shifted after COVID and um you know, trying to live in reality as opposed to in Capistan in your head, as uh, Pete Cantonius terms it, um, where, as I said at the beginning, I mean, sure, probably given the choice, I, I bet Hector Bruce would probably be a much better governor than Governor DeSantis. The The reality on the ground is that you're not going to win. And um, what are we wasting resources? Are, why are we trying to make perfect be the enemy of good when, um, you know, Governor DeSantis obviously has some problems. Uh, he's not perfect, but I I say he's pretty darn good. And I think that uh, uh, about as good as it gets right now in the current landscape. And um, I just think that uh, trying to convince people that uh, he was failed during COVID and all this, it, it just comes down to this philosophical shift that we have to live in reality. And the reality is, um, we're not going to get that libertarian governor. We're not going to get that libertarian president. Dave Smith isn't going to be president. Hector Roos isn't going to be governor. And so within the parameters of reality that we're dealing with, who would you rather have, uh, Ron DeSantis or Nikki Freed or Ron DeSantis or Charlie Chris? That's really the, uh, the real uh, choice here. And, um, you know, if you were in any other state like running against any other Republican governor, like Mike DeWine, who's terrible, uh, you know, another re terrible Republican, um, others, sure, yeah, I'd probably be like, go Hector. But in this case, I just, I, uh, I just don't see the, the need for it. But I'm glad you're out there pleading your case. And I do think it's important for you to be, you know, um, telling people what could be. And um, maybe if you are right, especially about all the property taxes and uh, the wallet, uh, feeling it in a little bit uh, this year or next year, um, maybe you'll be that uh, oh, Ron Hector Roos was right moment, <laughs> kind of like the Ron Paul was right. So um, I'm going to give you the, the final word because we're going to wrap up here. Um, Hector, why don't you just go ahead and uh, make your final pitch. Tell us where we can find you. And um, yeah. Great. Haley, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you, everybody who, who tuned in to listen to more than, you know, us more than an hour at this point. Uh, I, I want to leave you with this quote from Alexander Hamilton. It goes, if we must have an enemy at the head of government, let it be one whom we can oppose and for whom we are not responsible. You know, at the end of the day, our founding fathers knew that the, the, this idea of divided government is, is something that we really, uh, it really does exist. Uh, the fact that we that some people could be concerned that I will spoil election and a Democrat will somehow get elected and that's even a that's a bad thing uh, is forgets that notion. You know, the the having Ron DeSantis has as governor uh, has actually put a lot of people to sleep uh, in the term and particularly the issues of gun rights, basic economics and property rights, uh, and ultimately taxes. And I want to wake people up. 
you know, people, Florida, Floridians deserve a future that is, that's not, they're not going to be priced out of. Uh, and, you know, I want to be their governor. And if, uh, if you agree with me, come visit, come join the conversation. All social medias, I'm at Roos for Florida, R-O-O-S for Florida.com. And all my social medias are present there. I, I, you know, I wish you all a beautiful day and, uh, and a wonderful life. We do, and Florida does deserve it. Floridians do deserve a beautiful life here without an expensive government that's taxing uh, a tax and spend government here. All right, Hector. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and I wish you uh, best of luck and uh, we'll just see what, uh, see what happens, uh, not just this election, but in the, in the future as well. We'll see um, what uh, seeds you've been planting and uh, where, where uh, they start to grow. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.